Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture here today to discuss the best wrestlers of 2022 so far. Diving straight into it, Sige, there's a fairly obvious front runner in this one. Yeah, John Moxley's my favorite wrestler of the year. I think his body of work is absolutely incredible, and he's ultimately my number one choice. We'll discuss some honorable mentions, see if Hamlet disagrees or you disagree, but for me, it's the year of the Mox 2022. He's been absolutely incredible. Um, if you listen to to his podcast on the sessions with his wife Renee, I suggest you do so in full. The guy, it's just so kind of nice to hear him like laugh mm. and like enjoy his life a little bit. Um, he tells people the inspiration behind the Blackpool Combat Club, which is a great story. But he tells a story um, to Renee that when he was first despondent about his role in WWE and the threat, not the prospect, the threat of having to go back um, later that year, and he'd already kind of decided, oh, my contract's going to expire soon. I'm just going to do Japan in the Indies. It was before. AEW would even file trademarks. He said he had this epiphany in which he wanted to work a new style and he had in his head how he wanted to wrestle going forward. And then he realized, oh, I can't actually do that in WWE. So that sucks. Oh, maybe I should just leave. And he said to um, Renee Young on the sessions, uh, Renee Paquette, um, that this year it feels like he's finally putting it together. He's got a great body of work in AEW yeah. so far. Like the 2021 Double or Nothing match uh, with the Young Bucks alongside Kingston was one of my oh. favorite AEW matches ever. But this year, I do see where he's coming from. Like, I've always rated John Moxley. Um, his G1 run was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like he's legitimately five times the wrestler, in my opinion. Something's just clicked with a man. And his level of storytelling ability is just absolutely incredible. Um, his matches are sort of deviate from the norm of like the quote-unquote epic 30-minute main event. He has this real combat sports energy where he's so hard, he's so aggressive, he's so snug, and he's so impactful that it feels like he can kind of end at any time. And when he can sort of like dive and latch into a submission hold and wrench on an armbar, it's like there's real combat sports could end at any time drama to everything he does, urgent intensity. And he's so good on a storytelling level at conveying how great he is. His match with Wheeler Yuta, five stars for me, best match of the year, absolutely incredible. There's one like really small moment in that match that I think is incredible where he's about to cover Yuta, right? And he senses that it's probably not enough. Um, so he kind of puts his hand near Yuta's um, shoulder. The second that Yuta kicks out, he puts him straight in a straight jacket submission hold. So the idea is... You can't strategize against me. You can't do anything against me. I'm one, literally one step ahead mm-hmm. of you. I can just transition from one offensive phase to another with a click of the fingers. So how awesome 
therefore was it and how impressive from the Wheeler Yuta character perspective was it when he then proceeded to give John Moxley the fight of his life yeah. one so spirited that he's joined the Blackpool Combat Club like 12 minutes later to go from that to that and John Moxley doing a shock kick out face it's like it should <laughs> yeah. be a cursed image but in the context of that match it's like the lamest thing in pro wrestling and John Moxley's the coolest guy in pro wrestling it should be a cursed spot for him to do but the mere fact that he did it and opened himself up to scorn and just deviating from this badass character did so much to put Wheeler Utah over. John Moxley is a genius at this. He's having the best year of his career. He's just amazing. He's my best wrestler of the year. It's hard to argue with Sidge, isn't it? I'm, I'll get your picks as well in a second, but just a quick, quick word from you on Mox, because I remember WrestleMania weekend. We were mm. lucky to be there in, in Texas, and one of the main things people were talking about prior to, obviously, the arrival of Cody, who we'll also talk about, uh, was that Biff Busick blood sport match, which was terrifying. Yeah, like not to cut the podcast short, but I just completely agree, and I think it's hard to argue against any argument for John Moxley. Um, the Biff Busick match is a perfect example of one of the things that Moxley's found this year, which I would say he's always had, but it's just seemed to be in a brighter spotlight this year is his range, his range this year. And he's just in what feels like every match, he's just explored all the different things he can do in a completely new way. I remember thinking in the, the 2020 AW World Title run, which I just adore, and for that matter, the 2019 G1 run, there's a lot of kind of comparisons you can make there in a way because it's a wrestler appearing to be out of his comfort zone, in one case in New Japan, in another in empty buildings, and yet just making pure magic. Um, I felt that he'd found his ceiling, and it was really, really high, by the way, but he'd found his ceiling as this guy that, well, he knew how to finish different opponents, and that was the Moxley trick, was that no matter who's fighting, big, small, technical brawler, he had an answer to it, whether that be with adding submission finishes to his game or just upping the violence from turning the Dirty Deeds into the Death Rider, for example. But it turns out that that was only one part of it, and he's added that... Like And it is, uh, I guess, like applicable to just what he's done in AEW, let alone anywhere else. But he's taken what was previously just being able to finish a guy to how he wrestles the entire match against a guy. So it's no longer just that last exhilarating two or three minutes. And he wasn't just a finish guy. He had loads more in there. But it's taken the last two or three minutes where he would tell a wrestler how he was going to beat them and then... Like and then he would just do it. Yeah. He's like, well, I've actually got submissions in my arsenal, or I've actually got this killer finisher in my arsenal, and he now applies that to the entire match. So it's how he approaches the start, the middle, and the end. That of course then puts over the opponent as well. So the development of Wheelie Utah through the the trilogy of matches they've had, you know, the um, the match he had with Brian Danielson that ultimately ended up being the surprise oh my formation, the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh my god! Because you know that Brian Danielson is just effectively. Like on his day, the best wrestler in the world across the board, all of these different skills and disciplines. So Moxley drags him into the sludge as a brawler to disarm him, to then out-wrestle him, and then bring it all the way back round to end up in like the sort of bloodbath that William Regal has to pull apart, stop these two men from killing each other. And he gets the win in the process because he's this trusted big name. If you're looking at other metrics, he's still the draw. He's still the money guy. He's the one name that straight away when Sam Punk down, it's like, well, put that belt over John Moxley's shoulder. Because for one, you don't want to see a new guy holding it when it's not the real belt. Mm -hmm. But for two, he's the one to trust. And you can't underestimate now in wrestling, especially when it's harder to spot who the real like quantifiable draws are, who you can rely on to take that sort of mantle and that that difficult position that he finds himself in as an interim champion. I wouldn't trust anyone else but Moxley mm -hmm. to do that at the moment. There's not a single thing he can't do. And it's, think about like what that covers in 2022's wrestling landscape. What wouldn't you trust 
John Moxley with, really. Mm. And there's like for all that we're going to talk about some fantastic candidates, some great wrestlers. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's it's Cedric's words, but it's it's Moxley's too. Like what he's looked for is clearly what he's found mm. this year in a, in a way that I didn't think was possible. Uh, special mention for Biff Music as well because yeah. Andy Murray has assured me that he's had a sensational year. I haven't seen as much of as as, as, as I would like um, for for my faults, but I think he, he he's been brilliant and certainly he, he knew how to take it in that oh. uh, in that blood sport match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In terms of WWE, Mm. I think there's a strong argument that arguably their best wrestler or best wrestlers have been involved in their best matches of the year, certainly the best trilogy I've seen in a long, long time in WWE, and that's Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, on Seth first, there's something quite nice about Seth Rollins having such a good year. He will always be, I think now, um, typecast as that WWE wrestler that can never be the main event. You know, a a couple of title runs were poleaxed by bad booking, as they just want to do in WWE. Um, But it seems that, like, he's wrestled with a sort of creative expression that it seems really hard to get and earn in WWE. There's a lot of times where we talk about wrestlers having to earn Vince McMahon's respect, whatever it is. Seth, we always knew he could go. That was never an argument when it came to Seth Rollins, going right the way back to the early days of The Shield or whatever he was doing in FCW. Tyler Black. Or Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. Like, loads of these guys come in and can go, but it just doesn't matter when you get to WWE. You've got to find both a mix of your style that The Office likes plus a gimmick that Vince McMahon gets mm-hmm. and understands or can promote, plus a trust for people backstage, if you've had title runs that have gone wrong, even though they've had nothing to do with you. And all of that seems to have come together for Seth Rollins at the same time. This gimmick that even he couldn't sell me on with the explanation. Sidgwick, you always remember the exact wording. Um, Seth Rollins described his own gimmick that he's portraying currently as, imagine if the Joker was a narcissist undergoing a midlife crisis. What? Like, he says that, (laughs) and I go, thanks, I hate it, right? And yet he goes on and has these fantastic matches all the same. The music and the the gimmick, whatever it, I, I don't think it's any of that, but whatever that gimmick is, has gotten over in the buildings. People love that entrance. He seemed to me after this trilogy primed to turn babyface. You can absorb all these losses on the way. You can learn some lessons. You know they haven't done it, 
but it's there if they want it now. There's an actual baby face turning this strange, ostentatious, suited up character. And in ring, he's been super reliable. He's worked tags in a what looked for a while like a blossoming tag division on Monday Night Raw. He's had this excellent singles trilogy with Cody Rhodes. Um, he's starting to stand out again as a guy, just said it about Moxley, that can be relied upon. So it's looking like he might, say, work a summer program with Riddle. That is uh, internal choice where they want Riddle to remain at this high level without being able to fight for titles. Well, put him with Rollins then. That's an awesome spot to be in. That's a, there, are, there are many, many amazing utility players in WWE's history. You missed a perfect, at times, Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels, that you know Seth Rollins should be proud to sit along. And I think he's found his way there. Cody is a, a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, this, it's a unique set of circumstances that Cody Rhodes finds himself in this year as kind of the talking point wrestler for all the obvious reasons. But if you look at the trilogy and you look at that ladder match with Sammy Guevara, though he's maybe wrestled less and he's been exposed to the churn less this year, it's pretty much all been awesome and nobody's been a headline maker quite like him. So when it's not been as much in the ring or when we've talked about Moxley and Rollins' quantity or range or whatever, he's in the conversation because there are a few wrestlers kind of as important mm. to the mainstream as him right now. He is on the shelf and he's the Royal Rumble favourite. Yeah, like To be that level of a star in this version of WWE is, from being the guy that formed AEW, is utterly remarkable. There's quite a few people who arguably would be in the conversation for Wrestle of the Year so far, but their 2022 has been hampered by injury. I'm thinking, of course, of a, a Brian Danielson, a CM Punk. Um, is that a fair assessment for you? Um, absolutely. Look, a very quick word on Cody. This is a wrestler that people thought relied on blading in every match and setting himself on fire. Yeah, he goes to WWE a promotion where he can't even get dumped on his head or dump other people on their heads, and he's had one of the best years like best years that any wrestler's had. So he's undeniable for a start. Rollins has had a great year as well. Danielson has proven that not only is he the greatest technical wrestler of all time, but his brawling has been absolutely sensational as well. Uh, so he's obviously had a great year, but it's been sort of cut short for how long we don't know a time of writing. Um, CM Punk's had a fantastic year. This is a guy who was able in one match to both... Dust off a super finisher, the Pepsi plunge, and his selling was so great that he didn't even win that match, but yet nothing was lost. Such an intelligent, layered, um, nuanced storyteller, CM Punk. Um, so he deserves um, a casual mention in the conversation. I'm going to run through a few more honorable mentions yeah. before I'm going to give you one out of left field when it shouldn't be, right? And there are like Will Ospreay. He's been excellent everywhere he's been. Not particularly stylistically my kind of wrestler anymore in 2022, but his body of work has been really tremendous. Um, Tomohiro Ishii's had a great year as well, but my problem, and this might be personal, I feel like online there's a bit of consensus here as well, is there's been great um, acts in stardom, which has enjoyed a great year on the whole as well, but ultimately I cannot really be doing with clap crowds. Mm. We are approaching, if we're, not, if we're not already past, a full year at this point, where American fans have been allowed back in the buildings. And for me, clap crowds are just untenable. Like some of these matches are amazing achievements yeah. in spite of the atmosphere that they have to be worked in front of. But for me, it's just kind of untenable to watch anymore. It really is sad. And looking at recent news, we might be go like just on the on the, the path towards mm -hmm. noise in Japan again. But for me, I just can't really um, talk about these wrestlers in the same tones as the ones who make fans lose their minds entirely. Mm. For me, very quickly, Chris Jericho might have the best year of his career so far. <laughs> the match against Eddie Kingston was phenomenal. His work in Anarchy in the arena was phenomenal. Like, 
his sequence with Shota Umino and Wheeler Yuta was the stuff of, oh my God, you're absolutely a genius at this. If you watch the opening minute to the Forbidden Door opening trios match, right, they do the sequence. Yuta is doing German upon German upon German. He gets to five. Jericho senses that there's a real spark in this building, right? He loves it. He's thinking they're really, really into this. And if you go back and watch, he goes again to Yuta. Five seconds after, he says again, and he gets german That's when that sort of instantly iconic standing ovation happens. And it's because he's read the room. He's called an audible. He's just tweaked one little spot and called it, and then gets a standing ovation five seconds later. In an era when, yes, matches are rehearsed, move for move, or not rehearsed, but like plotted out, mapped out, move for move. It takes a genius to be able to just read that. And Chris Jericho, like character work as well. Mm. It's been unbelievable this year. And oftentimes it's really unfashionable to put Chris Jericho over. I don't care. I'm 36. <laughs> I'm going to put Chris Jericho over. He's been amazing. Uh, you mentioned Wheeler Yuta there. He's uh, arguably a contender if you're going to do like a wrestler of the year and then a young wrestler of the year. He's mm. certainly one of the standouts. We should also mention Dax Harwood in AEW, who, I mean, was the top of Andy Murray's list for, for <laughs> them until Moxley just came charging through uh, as the year progressed. And we should mention some female wrestlers as well. I don't really think there's been as many standouts as we've mentioned with your uh, with your Moxleys and your Rollins, etc. But Bianca Belair yet again put on a show at WrestleMania. Yeah, this might scan as sacrilege to those that watch stardom religiously, of which I don't, and I sort of share Sidgwick's take as well. I think it's still very difficult difficult to engage in Japanese wrestling while the clap crowds remain. Or certainly to judge the matches fairly, really, against matches that were seen in front of like red-hot and white-hot American crowds. Um, but certainly in North America, it's, it's not been a banner year for women's wrestling. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch had one of the best matches of the year, so kind of both deserve a mention on yeah, yeah, that yeah. alone. Uh, Becky Lynch, just just quickly on her, I don't think she's having killer matches, but I just think ever since she returned, to be honest, and that's including all of this 2022 run, it's kind of wrestling the best she's ever wrestled, and I think that's that's helped a division that's otherwise on its ass in WWE. So Bianca Belair has broke through from that and feels like a major star. They've kind of gotten away with what they did to her at the back end of 2021 because she's just too talented to be ignored and be denied. She brings that. She's. Got, She's just got so much about her, so that she's such a like a hybrid athlete, and she's got a fantastic power game, and yet she's the perfect out of the box WWE action figure character all at the same time. She is a dream for a Vince McMahon, and it's only now that they're exploiting all the best of what she can do. So whilst it's been good, you're very aware when you're watching Bianca Belair that the best is still yet to come, mm-hmm. which is sometimes hard as a result to judge her in these because you feel like you want a wrestler to be operating at absolute optimum peak be able to consider the wrestler of the year. There's there's even better days ahead for Bianca Belair. Dax Harwood, I'm sure there are too, but it certainly feels like out of no not out of nowhere, that's not fair. But in a way where we would see him and Cash almost like every now and then working against each other, even in tag teams, who's going to be the better of the two? He's had a few more singles opportunities to do it this year, mm-hmm. and he's pretty much delivered every single time. So while FTR are just having, and they would say this themselves, the best run of their career, you've got all of these tag matches stacking up. And then when Dax Harwood gets given a singles opportunity, that's fantastic as well. Of course, Dax versus Cash was great. So that's another attempt of Cash to try and keep up with his best mate and with his tag team partner. So it's been cool to watch all of that um, very obvious potential that you would see in these FTR matches finally get explored with with Cash, but especially Dax. Um, I think there's more to come, but I do wonder if as they've found a new sweet spot as FTR, maybe, maybe they've got that with their system a little bit. 
and they're going to have these ripper tag team matches. There's a potential rematch with the Briscoes. I think the Briscoes match is my favourite of this year, but you could pick a few from FTR. Um, they might be now more focused on just solidifying their doubles legacy mm-hmm. for a bit. Now that Cash has just... He's probably been so pleased with his critical acclaim that he's able to put that one on side and just get back to business, get back to FTR business. But he's shown that there is more there to do if, he, if they ever do split. Well, let us know your picks for the best wrestler of the year 2022 so far. Is it Moxley? Is it Rollins? Where does Roman Reigns rank in this conversation? Not that highly. Be, no that should be fun in the comments. Uh, let us know <laughs> in their comments section, though, or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're, whilst you're there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Nick Jackson should be an honourable mention. At M. Sidgwick. <laughs> Very good point. You should follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, but for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.